vet school is going to prepare you with the necessary skills and information to help you survive, but it's everything that you do after that that will turn you into an amazing veterinarian. Welcome back to That Vet Life, a podcast for veterinary mentors and mentees. My name is Dr. Mariah McCauley, and this week I'm going solo on the microphone to share with you everything I wish I had known as a new grad. Well, not really. (laughs) In a recent Instagram post, I asked all the seasoned vets to share the advice they wish they could have told their new graduate self. And in this week's episode, we're going to look at what they said. And maybe it'll be what you needed to hear today. So let's jump into it. Now, when I think back to my first year in practice, which is a few years ago now, and it kind of baffles me that it's been so long, I remember little bits from my first year in practice, mostly the emotions that I felt, the people that helped me along the way. And there are a few bits of advice and just life experience that stand out. There's definitely a couple things I wish I could go back and be like a mentor to my own self to be partly a, oh, don't quite say it that way. Don't quite do it that way. Or here's a better way to do things. But just to be a bit of a guiding hand through those first six months. And regardless, like I had a fantastic mentor. I have an amazing practice culture that I work in. However, there's something to be said about having that kind of peer mentorship of walking through things at the same pace as someone else. And thankfully, I did have another veterinarian in the practice who was just one year ahead of me on graduation. So she and I were able to kind of share or commiserate on on certain things, which is immensely, immensely helpful. But if you think about when you go through vet school, you're with 50 to 80 or so people in your cohort who are experiencing things at the exact same rate going through things for the first time, second time, third time, all together. So when you have um, like an emotional response, you can sit down and really go through it with them. But equally so, like when you're just learning things like you are in vet school and you're going through things together, there's a camaraderie that happens there. And then you graduate and you start out in your practice and you lose a lot of that. You lose a lot of the I'm in this with you type of mentality, or I understand exactly what you're going through. And that can be really isolating. And thankfully, I didn't quite have that type of like super isolating feeling because again, I had a great mentor, had a great work culture. But there is this little bit of a sense of loss that happens when you graduate and you start in your new jobs. And so When I was thinking about writing this Instagram post, which amazing, amazing feedback, I recommend you guys go and check it out and just read through the advice that was put through there. But when I was writing this, I, in a way, I kind of wanted to create a space to allow a little bit of that camaraderie, a little bit of that I've been there, I understand what you're going through kind of space. And so looking back through, I'm going to kind of break this down into a few different areas. I kind of wanted to share a little bit about my own experience of being a new grad, what I learned from that, and then what the responsibility of our mentors, or if you are a mentor, what your responsibility is for those new grads going through this situation. And then in the end, I wanted to share a few of the little pieces of advice that the seasoned veterinarians from the Vetstagram community shared. 
So it won't take too long. Um, I know you guys are probably driving to work or walking the dog, so I don't want to use up too much of your time, but I appreciate that you guys are here listening. So when, again, going back in time to the many, many years ago, actually, it's not that long ago, but it feels like that long ago, when I graduated in 2020 during the beginning of the pandemic, yippee sky and that was an interesting time for sure. And even before that, I remember being a pre-vet student or just even being a vet student and asking people who were in the new grad or in the final year of their vet school um, situation to be like, oh, what do you wish you had learned? What is like one piece of advice? Because I was scared about graduating vet school and not knowing enough. <laughs> Sound familiar? <laughs> it sounds like a lot of us out there. I was scared of not knowing enough information, not being skilled enough that when I landed my first job that I was going to be inadequate. And so I would ask everybody who, like when I was a pre-vet student, I remember riding in the vet truck and having the fourth year vet students coming along and asking them, oh, what's something that you wish you had learned more in vet school? Thinking like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna magically be able to learn more because they told me they didn't learn enough of this topic. Like, no, that's not how it works. But that's what I was doing. And I remember the, the vet that I was working with kind of looking over at me at one point and being like, oh, there she goes again, asking another question about it. And he told me when I was going to my vet school interviews, he's like, just so you know, like vet school is going to prepare you with the necessary skills and information to help you survive. But it's everything that you do after that, that will turn you into an amazing veterinarian. So in a way, it was kind of like, stop worrying about it. Your vet school is going to do the job that it's supposed to do. It's after you graduate that you're going to take all of that basic skill and basic knowledge and grow it. And that's where our new grads are sitting in. They're sitting in this almost like a gap where they have this mile wide of information that's about an inch deep in what they're supposed to do is figure out how to turn that into something that's an inch wide and a mile deep. That is a huge transition to go through. And on top of that, they're learning how to go from the vet school type of routine where you're constantly changing every five seconds, like you're on internal medicine and now you're on large animal and now you're on pathology and now you're on ECC, like every two or three weeks, like your mind is just going like bang, 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 switching to something new. And then you land in practice where yes, every single day is a little bit new, but now you're just doing mixed animal practice or you're just doing your internship or you're just doing small animal dogs and cats. It's a change of pace and that's a lot to take on. You're learning how to be a doctor with all the skill and information that you have. And those first six months is when the majority of this transition from student to doctor occurs. And it seems to go by so fast. And yes, now looking back on it, six months is no time at all. However, when you're in the middle of it, it is terrifying. It is exciting. Here's a couple of the words that I thought of about being a new grad. It's exhilarating. It's exhausting. It's challenging. It's frightening. It's uplifting. And it's humbling on so many levels to be a new grad. I mean, I remember having days where... I didn't think I could do this. I was like, am I even good enough to be a doctor? Or like driving to work, there'd be like a point in my journey where I knew I was almost to the practice. It was just like subconscious. I just felt the dread wash over me. 
I was like, oh my gosh, here we go, getting ready to do another day and just sitting down at my desk, kind of just having that feeling where you're like, I don't know if I can do this. It just kept hitting me day after day. But again, I had someone in my corner. I had someone saying, no, you can do this. You're doing a good job. When I handled a case well, they'd be like, you did really well with that. And of course, like those little tiny small comments, they were the building blocks that I stood on when I had all of that imposter syndrome crashing down on me. And so looking at the mentors that are in veterinary practice, like I feel like we don't talk enough about it. Granted, we do here on the podcast, like that's what the podcast is for. But in general, when I look at a lot of these corporate foundations that are trying to do mentorship programs, like, yes, it's awesome that they're doing this and trying this, but it almost feels like it's this little corner of their world where it doesn't seep in enough to the rest of what they're doing because mentorship matters. Mentorship should be a mindset. I could have so many other sayings about this, but like mentorship should be a core value in every single practice, quite honestly, because looking at ways that you can help those around you grow and develop in their skills and knowledge is only going to invest further into your practice and help it basically survive and last and grow and become everything that you want it to be. All right, I'm bunny trailing a little bit there, but mentors in these vet clinics, you, I'm speaking to you guys now, you have such a responsibility with these mentees. Not to say that they're super fragile and you need to protect them at every little moment and make sure everything is okay. No, but you have this responsibility of being able to look outside of who they are as a person and kind of have a a bird's eye view, if you will, and watching how they're handling cases, watching how they're interacting with their coworkers, with the clients, with the pets, and helping them see the bigger picture. Because as a new grad, it is so easy to put your blinders on and basically look at things through a microscope lens where every little detail becomes this big, big, big thing. But to have a mentor who's able to say, you know what, yes, I see you're struggling with that or I feel like that you think this is a really big deal in the breadth and span of what they're doing, like it's probably not as big of a deal as they think it is. Or they don't necessarily, they have these little things that are happening, but they don't see how they fit into the bigger picture. That is where you can come into play and you can help them say, all right, like I see you have a lot of things that you're juggling. Like let's sit down, let's talk about them. Let's see how they all fit together into this puzzle that's happening. Now, before we get on with the episode, a quick word from today's show sponsor. Introducing the Vet Career Concierge Service. It's an easy way to find your dream job and it's a brilliantly simple concept. Instead of wasting time searching through thousands of practice jobs that might be a good fit but frequently aren't, let the Vet Career Concierge do the hard work. All you have to do is register, tell us all about your skills and what you're looking for from your next practice, then your Career Concierge goes to work filtering, matching and approaching only practices who are a good fit. If you like the sound of a practice you want to meet, your concierge will coach you through the interview process, help with negotiations and work to ensure you have a smooth transition into practice when you accept a role. 
They'll even send touch with scheduled career check-ins to make sure you're happy. The service is open to vets and vet nurses with at least one year in practice and legally able to work in the US, Canada, UK, EU or Australia. To register, visit vetxinternational.com forward slash jobs and all registrants will be entered into a prize draw where you could win an Apple Watch, Magnum of Champagne or one of several Amazon gift cards. Registration and membership is free for vets and nurses. So head to vetxinternational.com forward slash jobs to sign up today. Now back to the show. You also as the mentor have the responsibility of helping identify the different areas of growth for your mentees. So maybe they come on board and they've done like multiple spay neuter clinics and they're like, I can spay a cat or I can spay a big fat lab. And I feel super confident about it surgically. And you're like, awesome. That's great. Let's really develop those skills. Let's see how they're transferable to other surgeries. Transfer that confidence. That's like a transfer of value into other areas of practice that maybe they aren't as confident in. So really kind of like taking those areas where like, yes, you're really good at this champion for them. Congratulate them on it. Because that kind of energy is what's going to feed into their growing confidence in other areas, their sticky areas. So maybe they're having challenges with their client communication or understanding of certain cases. Again, like you have this ability to help A, identify what those areas are so that they can come up with a plan of action to how they're going to grow in that area. If you want to use SMART goals, go for it. I think it's fantastic. But you as the mentor can sit down with them on a week-by-week basis, especially in those first six months, and really nail down a plan of action for, okay, you are like bossing it at these spays and neuters. We're going to throw in a couple tricky mass removals now, or we're going to really work on your dental skills, or throw in whatever you want to in that frame. But equally so, you're going to also look at the different areas of their growth. So their clinical skills, their communication skills, their business skills, if they're if you're training them for that area. That is where you can really, again, have that bird's eye view, see what's going on, sit down with them, really have intentional conversations. And like I said, like doing this on like a week by week basis, which I feel like I really just need to sit down and do a whole episode of like a structured mentorship program for the first six months, but I have yet to do that kind of episode. So if you guys want to hear that, do let me know. But otherwise, I do have a whole six month plan set up somewhere. So yes, that is really honing down on like, what is your role in the development of this new grad for these first six months? Because remember, That is the time where they need you the most. That is the time where you are going to build the foundation of their confidence so that at the end of those six months, you can go and take that vacation that you've been wanting to do. Do not take your vacation within the first three months, three to six months of your mentee being there. That will set them and your practice up for a lack of success, i.e. failure. So we talked a little bit about having some weekly meetings, setting each other up for success. Because again, when you both sit down and you have that intentional conversation and you set up these plans, like it's going to set you up for success as the mentor. You're going to set your mentee up for success and you're going to set your practice up for and your clients and patients up for success as well. 
So let's see here. And then the last thing that you are able to do is you're creating the environments that the mentee can step outside of their comfort zone. So again, it's kind of like a transfer of value, or or I guess it's a, hmm, that's more of a dog training (laughs) type of phrase. But what you're doing is you're helping them grow so much in their confidence that that area just outside their comfort zone that looked really, really scary, they kind of look at it and they're like, no, I can do that. I actually can. And so their confidence grows, their comfort zone grows, and then they're able to approach yet another challenge that earlier would have been way too far out of their comfort zone or out of their skill level. And now they can approach it. So one thing that is a little bit difficult about that is trying to figure out how much hand-holding, I guess you could use as a phrase for it. So how much hand-holding is necessary in those cases because you don't necessarily want to become a helicopter mentor where you're always there, always helping, not allowing them enough space to truly grow. But at the same time, you don't want to be tossing them out of the helicopter saying, all right, fly birdie, (laughs) which is what I see way too many times with a lot of mentor-mentee situations where they're like, yes, we offer mentorship, but they don't actually sit down and define what that mentorship looks like. So in the end, the mentee feels like they're floundering, don't feel like they're supported, and then they end up leaving within the first six to 12 months, which there's a lot of research out there that talks about the number of mentees or new grads that leave within that time. And that is a huge financial hit on your practice because I believe, and I don't know if you can fully quote me on this one, but I believe it's 18 months. It takes 18 months for a practice to recoup the finances and the time that they put into their new grad. So um, that's another reason you should really focus down on keeping your mentees. So I think I talked a little bit more about that little section than I really intended to, but that kind of brings us to the last little bit. So we talked a bit about things that I experienced in my own first six months. And to be fair, like those experiences, they are partly what set me up for where I am right now, where I am so, so, so deeply in tuned with wanting to figure out how do we do mentorship better? Like, what does it really need to look like for each individual practice, for each individual mentor-mentee relationship? But I had such an awesome first six months, first six months, first year, two years, three years, that I want to help you guys do this as well. And I'm still learning, very much still learning. But looking at things now, this is, and again, like listening to all the the stories that my friends have gone through where they have left their first practice or their second practice, or they've had a great mentorship experience or a poor mentorship experience. Like I want to be able to impart or at least open up a conversation amongst mentors about what you guys need in your practices. And then also for mentees, or new grads, like this is an opportunity for you to say, I really need XYZ. Or you can say, I don't know what I need. I don't know how to identify what I need. And that's a great opportunity to open up conversation with your future mentors, because it's kind of like a blank slate. You can say, I know I need mentorship. I have some idea of where I'm struggling or where I feel confident, but I need you, the other side of the relationship, to help me in that And so we can grow together. And that is a beautiful place to start a mentor-mentee relationship just because it's very intentional, it's very honest, and it has so much potential for honest growth. Okay, so I promised you guys to to have uh, the opportunity to see 
or to hear some of the advice that was given by the other veterinarians in the Vetstagram community. I know I'm kind of running short on time here, so I want to just kind of quickly scroll through here and honestly go to my Instagram page, go and look up the Dear New Grad post. There are so many amazing pieces of advice there. So, okay, so a couple quick ones that are in here, and these are focused more on the new grads. This isn't necessarily for the mentors, but you guys as mentors can learn a lot about what new grads need based on this. And so looking through some of these... Here's a great one. It says, it's okay to have fun. Just because your name has literally changed to begin with doctor does not mean that you have to be serious and solemn all the time. You can be professional while still having a happy, humorous, entertaining workplace. Doctors are still allowed to have fun. That's a really important one to learn for everybody involved because we can make it too serious all the time. And that honestly doesn't set everybody up for success in the long haul. So being able to have fun, keep your workplace fun, build that into your culture, it's just, it's an amazing thing to do. Oh, here's one for all of us that are people pleasers. Not everyone will like you and they don't have to. It's not personal, it's just personalities. Yes, (laughs) 100 times yes. Oh, goodness. Oh, here's another one for everyone who wants to do something that's not always clinical. You are still a valuable doctor and human in non-clinical roles. Repeat it again. You are still a valuable doctor and human in non-clinical roles. Absolutely. Oh, goodness. The more I read through these, the more I find like amazing ones. And I just want to like clap on the other side of the microphone. I'm like, yes. Okay. I'll leave it on this one here. Being a veterinarian is your job. It's not who you are or the only thing that defines you. You are a human being first and deserve to put yourself and your needs first. That's a big one. And I could unpack that in an entire episode there, but I will not. But yes, as much as we talk about new grads and mentees um, in those first six months and just kind of focusing down on like the doctor side of things, don't forget that both of you, the mentor and the mentee, are also humans first. And being able to honor that and take care of and nurture that side of it will help you in the long haul, again, in your practice of how you actually become a doctor. So, oh, goodness. And again, I could keep reading through these. So I will I'll leave the rest of them for you to go and read off of the Instagram post. And everyone's adding new ones every day. But hopefully today was a little bit helpful for you guys. As new grads, I want you to know that you are cared for, you are supported. We do want you um, to succeed here in this profession. And for mentors, like you guys have a responsibility to help that happen. This is the next generation of our profession. So being able to invest in it appropriately will have long-term benefits for everyone involved. So with that, I'm going to wrap up today's episode And so I want to say thank you guys for coming along. I know solo episodes are a little bit different. So let me know if you enjoy solo episodes, if you only ever want to have a guest, if that's okay, if if you do, but just let me know. But if you want to hear more about this or more about mentorship, you can find more episodes wherever podcasts are found. Equally so, you can get involved in the conversation at vedexinternational.com. And with that, I will say till next time, y'all. See ya. And that's a wrap on today's episode of That Vet Life Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Now, before you go, I have a quick request. 
Now, podcasts and communities, they grow the best and they grow the biggest when the members spread the word. So if you know someone who you think needs to hear this episode, or if you found value in this episode and want to share it, go ahead and share this with your friends. And also don't forget to head over to vedexinternational.com and enroll in the VEDEX community for free to get some free swag and many, many other amazing benefits. Also leaving a review of the show on iTunes, we greatly appreciate it because again, it just helps get the word out. But until next time, y'all, I hope you enjoyed this episode of That Vet Life.